afternoon, Peacock, and welcome back to the Chatterbox. Today, we are very honored to have a Peacock alum on the show, the lovely and talented Tegan Whitco from Mix 103. Tegan, how are you today? Well, thank you, Matthew. That introduction was spot on, made me blush a little bit. I really appreciate being on the show. Well, we really appreciate having you here and you taking some time out of your busy schedule. Not a problem. It's my pleasure. So I guess first off, can you give us kind of a little bit of a background on maybe your radio career, how you got started, where the idea first came up? Certainly, Matthew. It was, uh, it was a great opportunity that I had received when I was actually attending Peacock Collegiate. I believe I was in grade 11 at the time, and there was an opportunity to be a part of a class called Career Work Exploration, which I believe you're also in that class right now. Correct, I am. And at the time, uh, Carrie Kiefer was running that classroom uh, with the help of Dana Scoropat. I believe he was uh, helping out on a provincial level. Regardless, we had a great big long list of uh, different workplaces that we wanted to go to for our practicum. Number one, front and center, top of my list was radio. I've always wanted to be on radio, always loved talking, as you can tell. Uh, and it was just something that seemed to be the perfect fit. So. I remember being extremely nervous, Matthew. I, I put on my dress clothes and had my notepad and came up to the radio station, sat down with the with the program director at the time, Craig Hemingway. And as he and I got chatting, I realized, oh, this is going to be so much fun. I managed to, to get a job. And then as time went on, uh, I, I ended up becoming a paid employee. And 10 years later, here we are. Man, that is nuts. Um, I don't know if I would have pictured it to have been like that, uh, considering that me and you are both kind of doing the same thing, just 10 years apart from each other. Yeah, it's amazing how, uh, you know, the things that you want to do, you work hard for them, and uh, you see the fruits of your labor down the road, that's for sure. And, and I mean, Matthew, it didn't come easily. Like, I, I mean, I wasn't always having my own show on the radio. When I started off, it was doing a simple shift in the evenings where I would do nothing more than voice the forecast. Uh, so the weather forecast, I would send that out to our three radio stations here and, and monitor the inspirational programming on CHAB. I was in the building when nobody else was, but it was still just the coolest thing. And it just, it really grows on you once you get started. To me, even just doing the weather would be cool. Like, even if, yeah, I know you have probably only 10 to 15 seconds of doing it, but just to know that you did that broadcast and you were the person talking. Yeah, it definitely made me feel like I was part of the team, you know, and then eventually when I got my first on-air shift, that was the coolest thing. I can still tell you what I talked about. I'm pretty sure the Riders had a game in Regina that night against, uh, oh, geez, I want to say it was uh, Calgary or something like that, and I was talking about it throughout my show, and it was just the most exhilarating and coolest experience, but I will admit, listening back to that first show I ever did, it's embarrassing. Is there any tips and pointers you'd give yourself or you would give somebody who's maybe wanting to get into the industry and have their own show? You know what? Confidence. Confidence is certainly the key when it comes to broadcasting and preparation, really. I mean, you got to know what you're going to say before you say it. Um, that's where the confidence breeds from. That's what makes the difference, and that's where a good radio show is born. What is one of the things that you wish you had known um, before you began your career? Ooh, that is a tough one. I think the one thing that I would probably give to my the one piece of advice I would tell myself if I could go back 10 years first radio show is be yourself. Don't try to be someone else. You know, just as well as I do, Matthew, listening to a lot of radio or sports broadcasts, you tend to emulate who you favor. So if you like the way Ron McLean delivers his monologue, then you're probably going to try to to emulate that in some sort of way. But not everybody has the same personality. I think really just taking a step back and saying, okay, 
What is my show going to look like? Not how do I construct a show? What do I want my show to sound like? And what is my personality? Don't write it for someone else. Write it for you. How do you, and I know I did ask you this um, earlier in the month. Um, how do you select the songs you're going to put on your playlist? I know that you probably have uh, some say in how that all works, but um, in terms of what you're going to play throughout your show, how do you how do you come up with that? You know what? There, when we walk into the radio station, let's say for a morning show, four or five o'clock in the morning, and we're prepping out everything for the day, uh, the music is already there. Uh, it's it's actually already in the system because scheduling 24 hours of music, you know, 365 days a year, that would become pretty taxing if you were hand selecting every single piece of music, right? Yes, so, it would be. Yeah, it would become a little bit challenging. So we have some great systems in place and some amazing programs. Uh, the one that we use in particular is called Music Master. So each song that gets placed into this program has particular elements that are that are in the coding so different rules as we call them you wouldn't want let's say two taylor swift songs playing back to back or you wouldn't want burton Thompson to get going back uh, you would want to be able to create enough separation to keep a variety of music so this computer program allows us to have those preset rules if you will in place in advance and then we can adjust as we see fit when the day goes on you know if there's big news breaking about um justin bieber today and i want to include that piece in my show well then i'll swap out uh you know one song for a justin bieber song maintaining our canadian content regulations which is a minimum of 35 percent canadian content um here at golden west we actually go above and beyond that and we, we set our standard at 40 percent canadian music that is crazy. I did not know there was a limit on Canadian music that you had to play. Yeah, it's uh, it's part of the broadcast standards rules. It's a, it's a really good way that we can, and we, we pride ourselves. The company I work for at Golden West, we really truly do pride ourselves on supporting Canadian musicians. And that's why, again, we, we like to go above and beyond and, and really show our support to those artists. That is pretty cool. Um, I guess my next question for you is, how do you pick your own topics for your show? I know you mentioned... Uh, like, say, if there's something big and trending in the news, like the Justin Bieber thing, or um, today, the government, they announced new restrictions for the province of Saskatchewan. So if you were on this afternoon, you would probably talk about that. Um, but how how do you maybe find those not-so-trendy topics that you would talk about in your show that maybe not everybody knows about? That's a really great question, actually. Um I think ultimately when you take a step back, and yes, it's important that you have Justin Bieber drop the new single if that's the format of your station, or yes, COVID-19 restrictions. Masks are now mandatory in Moostra and all indoor public spaces as of Monday. That's big. That's something that's huge. that is really a public... Yeah, and it's, it's a public safety thing, and that is the service we provide our listeners, so that is certainly important, as you mentioned. Now, with the lifestyle things, and I don't really know exactly what you would define it as, but that's what I use, that term, lifestyle items. Really, it's just life is a bit talk about it. And I know how cliche and how silly that sounds. But if I'm driving down First Avenue in the summertime and I notice that the lines are painted a little bit wonky, I'm going to turn that into a bit somehow. Or if I'm driving home and I see there's a gentleman with his kids outside and they're hanging up their Christmas lights. Oh, okay, it's Christmas decoration season. Let's talk about that. Um, it's those things, those lifestyle things that you do in your own daily life that you can then take, build it into a bit, 
and then deliver that on the radio. And that is really where local content becomes so special because we're doing the same thing that our audience is doing. And that's really what it's all about. Ultimately, it's not about us. It's about what the audience cares about. It's what the audience is doing, right? Mm -hmm. That is so true. Uh, I guess my next question for you is this kind of relates to your job. Uh, it certainly does to the radio station. Um, I know that I've seen you um, personally at a lot of fundraisers and events in town. Um, how does that maybe relate to your job of, you know, being somebody who works for the station? I know the station does a lot of promoting on stuff, but um, how would you say that that relates to your job specifically, not necessarily just to the radio station? Well, you know, I, I really do I think to a certain level that it's just ingrained in us that we serve our community. We want to be a part of the community. And I mean, obviously working at the radio station, we get to hear about these things, you know, a lot, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, also being, again, and I'm going to use the word a lot in this interview, I'm sure, but local, right? Being local, seeing those people eyeball to eyeball, even if it is with a mask on, the people that listen to you on the radio, um, the, the businesses and the organizations that we work so closely with, um, it really just becomes a part of your daily life, right? Like, I've, I'm not even sure I've really noticed that I'm at all these fundraisers and events. It's just kind of part of who I am and who we are. Yeah, because, like, I know, um, like, sometimes in town, like, I'll, I'll have seen you in a couple things. And, like, I'll, I'll think about saying hi, and I don't. And then we'll walk away, and I'll be like, hey, Mom, or hey, Dad. Like, you know who that was? And they'll be like, no. And they'll be like, who was that? And I'll tell them, and they'll be, like, just amazed that I know that. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes... We like to go into incognito mode, but uh, for the most part, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to go grocery shopping because you run into 20 people, you know. <laughs> I know. Like, you guys are literally a bunch of celebrities. I wouldn't take it that far, Matthew, but I appreciate that. I appreciate the sentiment. <laughs> uh, I guess my next question for you is, um, what are the best resources that you have had in your career um, that have helped you along the way? Uh, the best resources? Another great question. There, there's so many. Right. Um, I think really the, the way in terms of being an announcer, the only way I've gotten better is by listening to other people, um, channel surfing, listening to stations in, you know, the United States and out in Toronto or BC or Manitoba, you know, just sharing, sharing ideas and really just thinking about how you can do something differently. It's so easy to get stuck in a rut of repetition. This is not that kind of job. Uh, and I think when you're always on your toes, like I'll, I'll come up with something when I'm sitting, sitting down, you know, getting ready to eat supper and a thought crosses my mind and I just, oh, shoot, I got to write that down. So I whip out my phone and I create a little note for myself. Um, it, it really, you don't feel like you're ever working, to be honest with you, but you kind of are. Um, so listening to other people, making notes for yourself. Um, I've learned from a lot of really amazingly talented radio broadcasters. In, in the industry here in Saskatchewan, but also out in Manitoba and Alberta. Um, we have a great network within our company with over 40 stations. I mean, there's a large pool of very smart, very talented individuals who can share their ideas and their thoughts and, and maybe push the envelope a little bit and try some new things. So I think really mentorship, listening to others, listening to other radio stations, and just really thinking about what you can do differently and, and, and constantly thinking about that. I would completely agree with what you just said. Um, I know personally I listen to a lot of stuff that maybe isn't necessarily from Saskatchewan or from Canada for that matter. It really depends on what kind of show you want to have. Like some people talk about certain things more than others will. 
Certainly. And again, that's where it all boils down to your personality. You know, if you're not a fan of Dungeons and Dragons, maybe that's not something that you talk about in your show. But maybe you're a huge Raptors fan. So maybe that's something you include in your show. I would totally Um, talk about that. (laughs) I can't imagine why. (laughs) I don't think anybody could. Well, and again, I know that we say it is all about the audience, but you're going to have people on both sides of the fence, right? You're going to have those diehard Raptor fans. You're also going to have that group of people who meet every Sunday night and play Dungeons and Dragons. That's why variety is the spice of life. And that's why I think it's so important to, you know, get other people on your show, have guests, kind of like what we're doing, I guess. Um, I guess my next question for you would be, what is your biggest failure either in your job or surrounding your career? Um, and what did you learn from it? It could even be while you were doing um, the career work class before you had gotten into your career. Just kind of anything. That is a tough one. There's been a lot. There is certainly those little slip-ups here and there. Um, you know, I don't think one situation in particular really sticks out in my mind. But I do think that sometimes I do catch myself falling into a bit of a, of a routine. Like, And a routine is good but not when it becomes redundant. Uh, So I think, you know, let's say um, coming out of a a song, if I'm coming out of uh, CCR, Creedence Clearwater Revival, as an example, if I just came out of the last song with, you know, Greatest Hits of All Time, 800 CHAB, and then I come out of the next song, Greatest Hits of All Time, 800, it becomes repetitive, right? So I think just reminding myself to switch things up and don't be predictable. That's the word I'm looking for, is becoming too predictable that's what breeds boredom. So, and, and again, that all does come back to, to preparing, to prepping everything. And I think, you know, when I first started off in my career, I wasn't doing that as well as I could have been. And now that I've found a way to do that, oh, yeah, that's, that's where you get improvements, right? Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. I can even think of some experiences that I can relate to with what you just said. Um, what are the people that have had the most impact on your life? And... How have you learned from them to become a better person um, in your career? You know what? Um, there's a lot of really great people that I, I am fortunate and blessed to be surrounded by. I think one of the major influences and, and one of the greater people that I've had the pleasure of working with, his name is Barry Weiss, and he is part of a, well, the, the leadership group for all of Golden West Radio. And I have had the honor of being able to work side by each with him on many different projects. And, and in fact, he's actually based out of Mooshjot here. So I think watching him and really having what I like to call a healthy work-life balance. It's easy to get passionate about something. It's very, very easy to get really, really enthralled by what you're doing every day that you kind of let your personal go to the wayside. Um, and, and that's not good either. Because as we just talked about, Matthew, living your life is really where the best content comes from. So bogging yourself down and maybe working too much sometimes can be your own enemy. I mean, you are your own worst enemy when it comes to that. And and working alongside with Barry Vice, he has taught me the value. And you know what? It's five o'clock. I'm checking out. I'm going to go home. I'm going to hang out with my dog. I'm going to hang out with my significant other. And I'm done for the day. Um, And sometimes just shutting that down, because I I am one of those people who tends to take it a little bit too far, (laughs) maybe do a little bit too much. And sometimes I just need to be reminded to slow down. You know, he uses a, a, a term you have to move slow to move fast sometimes. And that really resonated. I totally get it. Um, there are some things that even I can think of that 
I would put myself in that category. And even this, like, um, I wanted this to look perfect and be perfect and kind of, you know, show people you know, who I am as somebody who wants to do this as a career. Um, and I can tell you that in the past few days, there have been more than one teacher that has said, dude, slow down, quit worrying so much. Well, and the pursuit of greatness is, you know what, it, it's the enemy of good. And if that makes any sense, I don't know if it does, but sometimes, again, you just need to slow down to get ahead, right? Yeah. Um, I guess my next question for you, it's kind of unique to this year, I guess, because um, it hasn't happened any other time in history that we know of. Well, it has, but it happened a long time ago. Um, how has COVID affected you as a person? And how has it also affected you on your job, other than the fact that maybe you guys have had to work from home in the past? Oh, certainly. Um, I guess on a on a professional level, uh, when the COVID-19 pandemic initially hit, um, I don't think we, no one really knew what was coming. No one really knew how long this was going to last. The future was very foggy. We, we really yeah. didn't know what to expect. And initially, yeah, a lot of us were working from home. And, and to be honest with you, it's not the same, you know, being in, in your kitchen or in your spare room with a microphone in front of you and a laptop. It's just, it doesn't have the same kind of impact. Um, may do. And boy, you have no idea how excited I was to get back into the office. Mind you, I, I think it was probably July when I got back into the office. And I'm just keeping my fingers crossed that we get to stay in here um, into, in the studios because I really enjoy collaborating with my team and, and it really is a team effort you know in terms of getting content on the radio writing the news stories um you know getting our shows as top-notch as possible so i i think it was certainly a challenge um i think it was a challenge for a lot of us here at the radio station myself included and on a personal level um i will be completely transparent with you in saying this matthew i i did struggle with my mental health when when this pandemic initially began it was Top. I'm a social person and being isolated, locked down in my home was not easy, nor was it anything I had ever been used to. So it was a complete shift. Um, and yeah, there, there was some tough days. There certainly was. But I, I mean, persevering, pushing through, talking to some people um, that really did make a big difference. I can certainly agree with you on the mental health factor, because I can remember sitting um, in career work, actually, on the Friday of March the 12th, I believe. Um, and I can remember seeing that the NHL was going to shut down, the NBA had already shut down, like sports was shutting down. Um, and if you know me, sports is a big thing in my life. And it's literally, I, I kid you not, it's literally the only thing I watch on TV. So when sports got shut down, my life just like shut down and kind of went all sideways. And let me tell you, that was hard. Um, and then once school kind of got shut down, I was just like, okay, what do I do with myself now? And it is amazing how the camaraderie of sports and, you know, cheering for the same team really does unite people. It's, I, I don't think you're alone in saying that, Matthew. I, I, I think it really did hit a lot of us hard. And that's really when it became real, right? Yeah. You're having multi-million dollar league shutdown. Like, it's got to be pretty bad when the NHL, the NBA, the MLB, and, well, the, I guess you could include the NFL, but not really when they all decide to shut down because of a pandemic. You know things are bad. Yeah, this is uncharted waters for us, my friend. Um, I have a few more questions here for you. I don't want to waste too much of your time. Oh, no, please. Fire away. Happy to be doing this, Matthew. Um, what kind of things do you like to do in your spare time when maybe you're not at work? 
uh, watch sports. That's one of them for sure. I can I can totally agree with you on that level. I do that every day. <laughs> well, that's definitely way high up there on the list. Uh, you know, actually, during the pandemic, I uh, I managed to adopt a puppy. Um, it was a birthday gift. You know, pandemic birthday celebration is uh, a little bit different this year, but uh, my significant other got the puppy from the Humane Society. So we frequently go down and take advantage of the beautiful Waccamaw Valley. I, I am down there on, on a daily basis. I absolutely love just being out in nature, you know, popping in the tunes, going for a nice nine kilometer walk and, and really take advantage of that gorgeous urban forest in our city. And, and I do also do a lot of reading. And as you can imagine, I listen to a lot of radio. <laughs> um, I'm just curious, how old is your dog and what kind of dog is it? Oh, she's a little Heinz 57. She's a, she's a must. <laughs> she has a little husky, a little uh, red lab in there. Pretty sure there's some golden retriever. Not 100% sure, but she's 100% adorable. I will say that much. She's uh, coming up on a year old next Aww. month. So I'm assuming has somewhat lots of energy, loves to run, and is going to grow. Oh, yes. Yep. She's got lots of energy. You'll be pleased to know that we had to install a... Uh, a fence in our backyard mm. once we go. <laughs> so that was a summertime project. It reminds me of our dog. It really does. We have a German Shepherd Border Collie Cross at home, and her name is Sarah. And she is like the most energetic thing I have ever seen in my entire life. Like, it is crazy. She, like, she literally never runs out of energy. It's just nuts. I know. You kind of get jealous after a while, don't you? <laughs> kind of, because it seems like they can do more than you can. Yeah, most days, and they still want to keep playing, and you're ready to shut down for the night. I know. This one, I know, is really going to interest you. If you could be any athlete for a day, who would you be, and what team would you play for? Oh, my goodness. Any sport. Any sport. Hockey, basketball, football. If you're a tennis or golf person, which I don't know if you are, but if you are, you can use them. Oh, there are so many good options, so many possible responses to this one. Where do you even Oh, I know, uh, right? I know. Like, do you go with hockey, or do you go with baseball? I don't know. You can go with you can go with hockey because I feel like hockey. There's been more people and players that you could look to that you are more recognizable than are than you can in baseball. Because if I like, I watch more hockey than probably anything. Um, so even just thinking right now. Even over the past, you know, like 10 years, there's a few people who I can think of who were maybe later in their career, but I can be like, oh, I know that name because he was actually pretty good. <laughs> well, and I'm also just think, I'm thinking about the difference in uh, physical activity when you, you know, compare baseball to hockey. Yeah, hockey's more rough, more physical. Um, hockey, you kind of wear down your body a little bit more, whereas baseball, all you do is stand there and try and hit a ball. Well, and they do have much longer seasons, mind you, but if you're talking only one day, <laughs> baseball might be the option. You know what? I think I would have to go with Carey Price, Montreal Canadiens, goaltender. I like Not that pick. I like that pick. He he is a really good goalie. He uh, He's kind of, you know, getting on in his career. And if you look at it, Carey Price has had a pretty successful career. You know, he led his Montreal Canadiens to the Eastern Conference Final in 2000. What was it 13 or 14 and they played the Rangers and they eventually lost but um, I know that is one of the teams that I can remember at least Canadian wise that has had a lot of success over my time of watching sports would be the Montreal Canadiens. So let me put this question over you Matthew if you could be one athlete one day any sport 
well, who would it be? Um, I'm gonna have to go with hockey. What athlete would I want to be? Um, I want to try and stay close to home and pick a Canadian team. Because the Americans, they seem to dominate in everything. We gotta have something, Matthew. I guess I'd have to go with Jerome Ginla. Just because he, I'm gonna give myself away. Just because he plays for my favorite team. And he was this really good player, and he was super involved in the community and stuff. And oh, Iggy, that's a good pick. If you ever, if you were to ever listen to the home of the Flames, which is is, believe it or not, a sports station, <laughs> um, they had his retirement ceremony a couple years ago, and they talked about um, he was really big in the community. You know, there'd be nights where he'd stand outside the parking lot gates and sign autographs for kids and. Well, and he seems to be one of those guys where no matter where he played in the NHL, he was always kind of that guy, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. The English Bruins, the Avs, the Kings. It even, like, it just seems weird that he played for somebody else other than Calgary because he was so good in Calgary. And then Calgary just was like, you know what, we're going to trade you. Yeah, he was kind of a constant there, right? Yeah, he was like their 30-goal scorer. He was he was honestly their Max Pacioretty until he got traded to Vegas. Oh, yeah, don't bring up Patches. <laughs> That's the sort of thought. <laughs> I uh, I can imagine why. Yeah. <laughs> he, he is a good player, though. I mean, there's one player that I can think of on Calgary whose name has come up in trade talks, and I'm just like, please don't trade him. Please don't trade him. You're gonna make your team worse. Do I think Johnny Hockey is a part of uh, a part of that thought process? Uh, Johnny Johnny Hockey is big. Um, he he he's a really good regular season player, as you probably know. But he is horrible. Like, just absolutely... I don't know if it's because he's so small in the playoffs that people just think they can take more of an advantage of him. But he has literally done nothing in the playoffs. And I know you as a Montreal Canadiens fan and me as a Flames fan, they're both in big markets. And they, the fans pride their team on doing very well. And when their team doesn't do very well, the press and the fans let the players know. And the GMs and the coaches know. Oh, that's for sure. Toronto probably has a bit of that issue too, hey? Well, I, I guess, but I mean, Toronto has, has been out of the playoffs for so long and they finally started to get good again, so... I mean, should we really count them? Like, they've been good for a few years, so I guess we could. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Um, if you want an all-expenses-paid vacation anywhere in the world, where would you go? And I will tell you my answer after this, and you're going to be shocked. Cool. Especially in a time like this, uh, when we can't travel anywhere. I know, it's a hard question. Yeah, the options are endless, but you know what? Ooh. Well, it's got to be somewhere warm, I think. You know, that's what I originally thought, too. You know what? I'm going to go with Bali. Just because I was looking out the window and I see a lot of snow, so I want to go to Bali. Okay. If it was like this time of year when I was going to go, I'd probably go somewhere hot, too. But... As you will probably hear on the introduction, that is not what I said. My my choice for my all-expenses-paid vacation would be to go to some hockey hotspot, like, I don't know, Calgary or wherever, to go watch an NHL game. That's a very good answer. Because it's paid for, right? You don't got to pay for it. They've already <laughs> bought the tickets and everything. Yes, this is very true. This is very true. I would definitely take a hockey game right now. It feels like it's been so long. I know. Like, honestly, the Cup Finals ended at the end of September, and it feels like we've gone, like, three years without it. It does feel like it's been the longest yet the shortest year ever, right? I know, <laughs> I know. Where can our listeners connect with you online if anybody is interested? Well, they can certainly um, find me on Facebook at T. 
Tegan Whitco 13. Um, I'm also on Twitter uh, at Tegan Whitco. Um, it's not a very popular name, so I don't usually have to add numbers, which is nice. <laughs> and then uh, also at Tegan Whitco on Instagram. Plus, you can also reach out uh, anytime through discovermoostraw.com. Nice. I like it. You have a lot of you have a lot of places where we can connect with you online. Absolutely. Yeah, it's good to have a good, nice online presence, right? Yes, I agree. Um, I do have one question for you, though. Certainly. There was a goal that was scored several years ago by some kid by the name of Braden Point when he was 15. Um, and it was against some team called the Regina Pats in triple overtime. What do you remember about when that goal was scored? Because I do believe you were on the hockey broadcast that night. But I could be wrong. You know what? Um, that was in 2012. That was Braden yes, it was. year. I do remember this very, very, very vividly. At the time, it was actually um, the year before, the year prior to me starting the in-stand position with the Mushtra Warriors at Mosaic Place. And uh, that was the first year, actually, the Warriors were in Mosaic Place. So I, was I know, I know. It was, it was their first year in the rink, and they absolutely dominated everybody. And they went something like 45 26, and I don't know what the rest of their record was, but anyway, they won the East Division. They ended up playing Regina. They lost, I think, game one at home, and they won game two, and then they went to Regina and uh, won game three, and, you know, double or triple. I always forget when he scored, whether it was in double overtime or triple overtime. Um, uh, double overtime, and you know what the funny thing is, Matthew? I actually have the audio still. I still have the clip. Voice of the Warriors, James Gallo making that goal call on Country 100. Because I was back here at the station opping the game, operating the board for James Gallo. I still have that piece of him making that call. That is nuts. It gives you goosebumps. But in the same time, that is, like, really cool. Um, I wasn't at that game. I was too little to probably stay up and listen to that game. But I can remember getting up the next day and going to school and somebody telling me that he had scored. And they said that, like... They had played the call over on the radio like three times that morning. But as I've gotten older, I've seen the goal, and it's probably one of the biggest goals or one of the biggest sporting memories that I would see I would have in my career of watching sports. It was certainly really amazing. And it was certainly, it was almost like, a, like deja vu watching him in the playoffs this year. Yeah. But I think he got it in, what, five overtime periods? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. The game went a little longer than what the Moose Jar Regina game did. Hey, you know what? They were just trying to make up for us uh, missing out on the hockey during the start of the pandemic, I think. I guess so, hey. Yeah. <laughs> that that Honestly, that was crazy. I didn't really watch any of that game because I was more focused on Calgary and Dallas. But we were like halfway through the second or third period, and I went and looked at the score. And I saw that they were in like the fourth or the third or fourth overtime, and I was like, what? This is nuts. Like, they're still playing? <laughs> Yeah, that one went deep into the night. It was crazy. I think it ended about 7, and it started about, I don't know, 11 or 12. So it was like 7 or 8 hours of continuous hockey. Yeah, and I think they ended up postponing the evening game. Yeah, they did. They did, because the game went too long. I wasn't complaining at the time, that's for sure. <laughs> no, 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 neither was I. Neither was I. Um, this is more of an off-the-record question. Do you have any personal, because um, I know you did talk about the Warriors a little bit, do you have any memories that, you know, you think of when I mentioned the name, the Moose Jaw Warriors, other than the Braden Point goal? Uh, you know what? Honestly, just really, like, interacting with the fans is probably the coolest part of working at the rink during those games. You know, I, I got to know people who, I didn't even know their first name. We just got to talk to each other and saying hi and having a conversation. Um, 
you know, hanging out with Morty and just really the the sense of community that you would get down at the rink. I think that's probably the most fond memory I have. Is there any moment that you would take specifically from a game or from a certain team that played here? Um, well, <laughs> there were some times where uh, I think it was Swift Current that uh, one of them went into the penalty box. And I think there was a an adult beverage that was tossed into the box and there were some words exchanged and had to see, you know, security escort them out or, you know, those moments like shattered panes of glass behind the nets. And, you know, some of those moments stick out uh, in terms of actual play. There are far too many to just pick one. <laughs> I don't think I could do that. I know personally, um, like I, I told you about the brain point goal, but there's another kid, and I think you know who his name is, Jaden Hobbagwak. He scored 50 goals one year, and the next year he scored 70. Yeah. 70 goals? Like, that's nuts. Like, I don't know how many goals Wayne Gretzky scored in a single season, but that's crazy. Unbelievable, right? And Habagawax was a great player. And just such a great person all around, too, on a, on a personal level. Yeah, like, I can remember in grade 8, he came and talked to our class about, oh, I don't remember exactly what it was. I think it was something math-related. And I can remember at the beginning of the class, he asked all of us, do you know how many goals I have this year? And I threw my hand up, and I remember saying something like 50 or 51 or something like that. But I was off, and I can just remember getting it from the entire class that I got it wrong. But it was the coolest moment ever. Like, it was so awesome. <laughs> yeah, they are really good. Like, the Warriors organization is amazing at involving the players. And the players, for the most part, are all really, really enthusiastic about being a part of the community that they're in. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, even Brayden Point, like, I did kind of an autobiography on him in grade 7 for a career um, work class. And I actually got to do an interview with him. And the cool thing about that was after we were walking down to the entrance at Palliser for, like, him to leave. And he asked me, my dad, he's like, um, what are you doing, you know, on Wednesday? Because that was a Monday. And we're like, I don't know, we're probably just going to go to the Warrior game. So he's like, well, why don't you come down after the game, you know, to the locker room and, you know, I'll get you to meet the team. Um, and I thought that was a super, like, that was probably the best moment I've ever experienced in my life because they all signed, and the jersey's too small now, of course, but if I could wear it, I would. They all signed a Warrior jersey that I had. The entire 2015-16 team all signed a jersey. And I, like, that was the coolest moment I think I've ever experienced in my life. And they lost that game. But yet they still they still had a smile on their face, I'm sure. And they oh, were yeah. Their thing, right? they, they played Brandon. And I can remember there was like 20 seconds left in regulation, and it was tied at five. And at the time, Braden Point was hurt because he had gotten a sort of shoulder injury. Um, and I can remember Brandon, they came down on like a two-on-one or something. And Brandon was still pretty good and like decent at this point. Um, and we were just coming up into the ranks of being good. I think it was our first playoff here in, I don't know, like three or four seasons. And I can remember, like, the sh there was a, somebody took a shot. I think it was Jace Howerluck, and he beat Zach Sachenko over the shoulder or something, and they lost. And I can remember going in the locker room, and they were all, like, still, even though they had lost, like, five or ten minutes earlier, they were all still so happy to meet me and interact, and they were just awesome guys. That's so great to hear. That's awesome. Um, is there anything else I want to ask you? Um, I know you're working the morning show this week, so in terms of, like, different shifts, um, say... I know it's not really the case in your situation, but um, say you were to have an afternoon show from 1 to 3 and you had to work from 5 to 9 on a morning show, would you maybe get some, I don't know if I'd call it bonus pay, but I'm sure you'd get some 
extra pay for the extra couple hours you'd have to work? Well, you know what? We do typically manage to, to spread the love, if you will. So we, we will adapt the schedules in such a way where we don't have to worry about, you know, staying late or, you know, putting in copious amounts of hours and extra work. Um, we, like I said before, it truly is a team effort. So we all manage to get our get our stuff done within the allotted time frame and, and go live our lives. Um, in terms of like vacation days, because I know in media, like there's a certain time frame that you just can't take off. Um, it's like part of the rules. Am I correct? Uh, you know what? I think it certainly does vary from market to market. Like there are a couple of instances throughout the year where you can't book a vacation day simply all hands on deck something uh something special like toy days that we do every december where we set up shop from canadian tire and we collect toy donations that's uh that's an everyone needs to be involved type of situation right so we just kind of pack out that date so everybody's here it's all hands on deck and we all have a really good understanding of that because again that's something that's so special for the community when we do the CHAB Family First Radiothon, the Country 100 Pause for Pledges Radiothon. It's not even really a discussion that we have around here. It's just kind of understood. You know, this is this is for something that's more important than, you know, me getting an extra day on my weekend. You know, this, this is something that we all feel very passionate about and something we want to do well, so we want to be a part of it. Um, I think that is all the questions I have for you today. Do you have any questions for me? Any other questions for you? Um, how are you liking the podcasting so far? Um, it's good, other than I mentioned earlier that the editing, when me and it are not friends. Thankfully, I have somebody that does it for me, but it takes a lot of time and patience. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. Well, I apologize to whoever has to edit this in advance. <laughs> By the way, Tegan is saying sorry that you have to edit this in advance. He just kind of chuckled. No, I think, Matthew, that was a really, really good interview. Really great questions. A few of them stumped me, so i got to give you kudos on that. Oh, thanks, T, and I try. <laughs> well, I would like to thank you for coming on the show today and giving us so much of your valuable time. Well, it was an absolute honor to be included, and thank you very much for thinking of me. This was a lot of fun, Matthew. Thank you, Tegan. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Matthew. If there's anything else you need from me, please don't hesitate to reach out. Okay, I will do that, Tegan. Thank you. Absolutely. You have a great weekend, eh? You too. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to episode two of The Chatterbox with the lovely and talented Tegan Mitko from Mix 103. Be sure to tune in next week as we are going to have Mr. Redstone on the show, and that is an interview you do not want to miss. Until next time, Toilet Nation, this is The Chatterbox signing off.